Peace be with you. And, and also, also with, you. with you. I'm your pastor, Aaron Armstrong. Let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Peter Moran. Hello. The Liz Lundberg. Greetings. And the holy Rick Kelly. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> we pray that Pod's not dead. Life was filled with guns and war. And all of us got trampled on the floor. I wish we'd all been ready. The children died, the days grew cold. A piece of bread could buy a bag of gold. I wish we'd all been ready. Hey, Rick. Hey, Liz. Hey, Peter. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey. I feel like I haven't talked to you in six months. I know. We're back. We have a Facebook chat that we use every day, constantly. <laughs> it's been four months since uh, Liz has been on the podcast. It's been March since Rick has been our, on, on our We Love to Watch podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Rick. I didn't realize time really moves as we get older. We are uh, as we as we roll towards inevitability. Yeah, um, and Rick, well, we recorded on twi- twice in March. So, yeah, he got double trouble. You're, you're out. You gotta wait two years. <laughs> yes, the rules. It's in the contract. Um, I saw it. I read it. It's fine. It's, yeah, you re- you signed it. I we told you not to. Yeah, we specifically asked you not to. Um, but it's been so. We're we're so happy to be back. It is our second episode of Pod's Not Dead. Yep. Uh, Third recorded. We recorded our last second release. Re- second release. <laughs> First. Um, uh, if we don't number the pilot. <laughs> yes, it's it's good because yeah, this is like the this is like the new pilot. This is like the where no man has gone before. Okay, we talked to, about to this the on the shack. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, we talked about that specifically, and you called me out because I called the man trap the second pilot, and you pointed out it was where no man goes before, and I was very chagrined so much so that I still remember it and. <laughs> <laughs> so much so that you deleted the entire track and made us record a new second pilot. So this is our man trap. Yes. We got to our man trap, Liz. I have no yes. idea what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Rick doesn't listen to nerd shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're glad we could make it apart. So this is this is a podcast where the four of us um, of different religious uh, backgrounds and upbringings go through uh, Christian cinema and give our thoughts on the movie as a movie, whether uh, it succeeds as a as a film, as something that is entertaining to watch. All the metrics that you would normally judge a movie as either entertainment or a piece of art or and then we also uh, talk about it, whether it it is a good representation of faith. And that doesn't always necessarily uh, mean uh, the faith that we agree with, but that is um kind of representing what it's coming from in a kind of an honest and open way and hopefully like a lot of good movies about faith uh inspires people uh this movie that we're doing which apparently has now become a very even more specific podcast where we only cover kirk (laughs) uh is is saving christmas uh and i would say it is the least movie I've ever seen. It is an hour-long sermon illustration. It's not a movie. It's not, like, it's provably scientifically not a movie. <laughs> it is a live-action adaptation of a PowerPoint presentation. At some point, about an hour in, the movie just throws its hands up, and it's like, let's have a dance party, and then I'll say some shit I've already said before, all right? Yeah, this movie's this movie's 79 minutes long, and 10 minutes of it are a 
slow motion, dead steady camera of the longest version of Gloria I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. And then it's 10 minutes of credits and outtakes. It's it's astonishing. I The weirdest thing about this movie to me is that it even, like, that you guys are aware of it. I don't know, like, I've heard about this in, like, movie circles. Oh, one of the worst movies, you know, Saving Christmas. I don't understand how anyone outside of evangelical <laughs> circles heard about it. It's not, like, Because it was released nationally to theaters and it made 2.4 million dollars at the box office in this is going to shock you not in church fun bucks american <laughs> currency <laughs> i mean it's it's got a rotten tomato score this should not have a rotten tomato score like how much did be, uh like, did it cost to make if it pulled in four million dollars it cost five hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, all right. Here's and that's what's so amazing to me. Like, it's fine if you're like, this is a this is just a fun thing we're doing. It's five hundred thousand dollars. Kirk Cameron has been in movies. He knows what a movie looks like. Yeah. He must. Someone must have known that this is not a movie. Compared to Left Behind, like Left Behind at least has the rough structure of a movie. Yeah. Like you could see, you could see like uh, you could be walking down the street and through your peripheral vision see Left Behind and be like, oh, that's a movie. And then like you do a double take, you're like, okay, it's not a movie. But like Left Behind at least could pass for a movie. This doesn't pass for a movie at all. And also, why would he be surprised that atheists hate the movie? The movie does not address non-believers at, like much yeah. at all it's entirely preaching to the choir which is fine but don't be pissed that like <laughs> people that aren't in the choir aren't being preached are, are like uh, you know not happy they're not being preached to here's what's especially crazy though <laughs> it's not preaching to the choir it is preaching against the choir yeah it hates the choir <laughs> it is telling the choir hey lighten up a little which on its face is I feel like just I'm going to say the word insane a lot in this podcast episode, <laughs> and I'm just going to prep you now that I should have spent an hour of my day putting together a thesaurus list of everything else I could say, because this movie is is chastising Christians for the way they take Christmas too seriously, and they don't. And they don't think of all the, the, the – I mean, the, the, we'll get into that. That gets – why their reasons are also insane. Uh, but it it's it's so judgy uh, to the people that are on their side. It's bizarre. I was not expecting this. I know. And smug. Oh, it's the smuggest thing on earth. It's the most <laughs> smug thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, I, I – Kirk Cameron's fucking smug face is just burned into me now. Like, I – There is five minutes of just silent smugness. Yeah. Where Kirk Cameron looks at the guy and is like – Just mm -hmm. waiting for his chance to talk. Just waiting. Yeah. Just smiling and going like, oh, I'm going to burn this straw man to the ground. <laughs> While he kind of leads him along because as he's saying stuff, he's like – uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> oh. Oh, really? You do. You do? Oh, you think that. A stocking over his head and shove him in a fire. Oh, it's fuck. it's like it's from the weird thing where somehow you have friends that just don't engage in what you're going through, but instead sit there and like, no, just talk forever. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you hang yourself so hard with this news, and I'm gonna be like, hey, you're a Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas.
It's this completely stupid version of, of like, listening as, like, the, the, the idea, right. oh, we really need to listen to each other, but it won't affect anything I say. I'm just going to, like, let you talk for a while, and then I'll talk, and then the movie ends. Like, that's his whole mode of, of interact- interaction with other human beings. Totally. And it would have been even, it would have been, like, I don't know, I like, if, if the other guy was in any way interesting... Maybe I'd be even more mad, but I just hate them both. I hate everyone in this car. I hate their families. <laughs> I hate their children. Oh, Everything. I hate the you know how the you know how that guy got the part, right? Uh, I don't know because they put out a call for Doughy Christmas Man. <laughs> well, he's he's sleep he's sleeping with the director. No, oh, gross. In that he is the director, and he goes to sleep with him. <laughs> Still um, gross. So, I thought you were going to some things about Kirk Cameron. <laughs> on a no. personal note, uh, Aaron and I first got, uh, Aaron and I first became friends. One of the things we bonded over was making fun of Kirk Cameron. Um, yes, we're in the Cam Fam, just like you guys. Uh, this movie brought to you by Cam Fam Studios. They made three movies. Uh, but but uh, Aaron and I used to just remark at how bad uh kirk cameron was at debate and how often he would like just walk headfirst into this like fan blade of debate because he doesn't know how to do a back and forth dialogue he doesn't know about the sort of give and take that's required with dialogue between another human being he only knows sermonizing and he only has he only knows people reacting to him like Oh wow, Kirk Cameron just schooled me. Yeah. So anytime, whether it was when he was evan- uh, evangelizing on the street to random people who were like Kirk Cameron, and he's like, "Have you ever thought about someone else's wife?" Um, <laughs> or Stop or when he had that wife. debate, <laughs> yeah. Or when he had that debate on twenty twenty against two atheists, like they would say stuff back to him, and he'd be like, "Uh huh," but you've had lust in your heart, right? Like they, he wouldn't, he didn't know how to engage with anything that was not pre-planned. But before we get too far in this, I want to, you know, it has been six months from the last episode. I think we do need to kind of run down this plot of the movie because hopefully you've never seen this. Okay, well, run um, down the plot of the, like how much plot is in this movie? Well, it's, I think we need to, it, it, it won't take, goes, it won't take long. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what goes it's, on. It's like trying to summarize a like late Jean-Luc Godard movie. It's like this, this is not a plot. This is not what this is. It's just a series of scenes and then it ends. We can describe what, what happens in vague terms. Uh, but the uh, before we do that, so we, we we really talked at length on our first episode, which I would definitely recommend listening to about where we come from um, from a religious standpoint. But I think it might be worth just going around and giving 60 seconds of our background when it comes to religion, how familiar we are with it and where we're at now. And if you could do it as a wrap, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who wants to start? Uh, sure, I'll go. Um, hi, I'm Pete. Uh, I'm uh, Aaron's co-host on We Love to Watch. And uh, so my history with uh, religion is essentially I grew up Catholic, went to Catholic schools all my life. And uh, I was an atheist for since like fourth, fifth grade. Um, so I am very unfamiliar with evangelical. So pertaining to this movie, I'm very um, unaware of how evangelical Christianity works. Uh, my family has always been sort of going to the same church since I was like f- four, maybe. Um, so I have I have, no, I have a little experience with how their, um, particularly their community outreach works and how their um, their missions work and how they reach out to people. I am only exposed to it through uh, the insane people, the the Jesus Camp people, and the Kirk Camerons of the world. 
And uh, except for recently, I made friends with uh, a couple people uh, who are <laughs> evangelicals or maybe if they don't use the term, at least have like an evangelical background of taking things of value from it um, that uh, have sort of uh, gotten me more curious about what the movement actually is, because all I see is is this bullshit. Um, Liz, what is, what's your sort of background? Like you have an, you have the most interesting background of all of us, I think. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, so I I grew up in a very very conservative uh, Christian evangelical household, uh, very similar to basically the people who made this movie. Um, uh, I'm sure a, a sizable chunk of that uh, of the box office came from uh, churches like exactly the one that I grew up in, uh, bussing people over to watch it. Um, so yeah, uh, I went to a Christian middle school, Christian high school, just finally after. Uh, eight slow years graduated from a, a very conservative uh, evangelical college um congratulations and, uh, oh yes thank you well it's more of a thank god uh, <laughs> because, uh, i i really I, i'm very very strong negative opinions about almost all of it um i'm part i'm a member of a church of the brethren church um which is a uh, um Mennonite, uh, not Mennonite, uh, Anabaptist denomination. Too much wine already, um, and uh, we're definitely on the on the lefty side. Um, I, I I spent some years as an atheist. Um, I'm kind of I don't know. I, I I when people ask me those kind of questions, I tend to say I, I I'm so steeped in the Christian tradition that if I were an atheist, I'd be a very Christian atheist. Uh, so I, I'm I'm not I'm planning on going into seminary uh long term but um it'll it my my opinions are, are my beliefs are very much very very different from the people who made this movie and also uh generally um just uh i i like to think a lot more open and a lot less certain than the the people who made this movie also uh if you don't know i think most people who would listen to this probably know but i'm also transgender which caused a lot of friction with the uh, the kind of uh, Christian upbringing I, I came from. So anyway, that's kind of that's kind of my my brief summary. Well, you and Kirk Cameron have something in common that you both used to be atheists. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's what he, he claims. And then he was uh, changed at the age of sixteen by himself, probably. Yeah, by 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 probably someone saying anything to him and him not having a response. <laughs> he can't debate. It's like I guess I'm I guess I'm super Christian now. Um. I can I I can go a little. So I uh, I came from a pretty uh, cafeteria Catholic upbringing originally, uh, and then my parents, as a way to kind of uh, bond, have something in common, ended up kind of uh, finding uh, refinding their Catholic faith, and then getting progressively more and more and more religious uh, until they kind of became a go to church every single day type. Catholics uh, and their entire life revolved around church. My mom is a Catholic author. They go on speaking tours. They actually were just uh, there's a saint or a, a guy in Detroit who was just beatified and they like sold out the Silver Dome or whatever the sports the Lions Stadium there is. And hmm. like my mom spoke at that just a couple weeks ago. Um, they got all their press box seats and stuff. So uh, my mom's been on EWTN a few times and uh, so, you know, I I definitely come from a, um, a, a upbringing that got more and more Catholic. Um, and then I sort of had a lot of questions going into college and then eventually kind of uh, became uh, an atheist after a long period of time. Uh, but I definitely related to 
the 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 guy in the car in this movie a little bit <laughs> because uh, my as my parents were becoming more and more religious, I. Uh, they would start threatening every year to not do Christmas and like we're just going to go to church and we're going to pray all day um, and much to the chagrin of me and all my siblings but they were they were trying to as they like got super into their hobby which is essentially <laughs> what it was um, as they got more and more into uh, in, into their, their shared interest um, they wanted to do more and more stuff so you know a lot of rosaries and at one point it's like you know Christmas has become too commercialized. And sure. So we are good Catholics and we're not going to do that stuff. So uh, my parents legitimately to this day think there's a war on Christmas. They think Christianity is under attack. And that's what I thought this movie was going to be about. And it wasn't. And <laughs> instead it was chastising them for trying to make it less commercial. And uh, I'm very excited to talk about it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Rick, uh, what's your kind of thoughts on, or what's your history with religion? And also, uh, your, I guess we should also talk about this. Uh, what are your overall current feelings on Christmas? Sure. Uh, well... It's going to bum me out. <laughs> well, now I fucking hate Christmas because I just watched this movie. Um, <laughs> But generally speaking, uh, yeah, I was raised Catholic, uh, pretty Catholic. Went to church a lot. I was an altar boy. Um, prayers before bed, that sort of thing, uh, like we discussed on uh, on the earlier show. And um, I think in my, my teenage years, I moved away from it a little bit. In, uh, in college, I kind of came back to it in the sense that I studied philosophy and um, – I was pretty interested in uh, in a lot of Christian thought, actually, because it's pretty foundational for a lot of Western thought, obviously. Um, so I, I read a bunch of that stuff, and I'm you know I'm not a uh, I'm not particularly um, religious in my life at all, actually. But uh, it's it was pretty formative in a lot of ways, and and still animates the way that I think about a lot of things, I suppose. And Christmas. Um, I mean, the thing I really like, you know, like cookies and the fire and presents and stockings and the tree and fudge and lights and growing out my winter beard oh, and the music and the carols. <laughs> These are all lines the from hymns, the movies, which hopefully the, the kids, audience has not seen. So they uh, just, just kind of the spirit in the air. Pray, um, save hot yourself. Hot chocolate. There's Liberate a lot. Of, from... <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, Christmas is great. Sure, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I, I feel like the defenses and the uh, the the arguments against Christmas is something that we have to have this episode, just because like, um, this movie has a very uh, half-hearted de like debate with a straw man who brings up a very good point about you know how Christmas has gotten away from uh, the religious aspect of it, but I also like it's a very like almost annoyingly cliched thing to say about around this time of year but it's true uh-huh like oh really to think about the, <laughs> <laughs> to think about the commercialism Sorry. of the holiday and how it's, it, even if you're not religious uh it does distract from the sort of uh core value of the holiday which is a sense of giving a sense of charity like i don't know if you guys are like this but like i rarely like I cut a few checks throughout the year when something really, really terrible happens, but, like, I I cut uh, my charity checks around Christmas. It's the only only time of year I, like, end up giving um, 
money to charity or the only time a year between Christ- Thanksgiving and Christmas when I like go work uh, for you know churches and like work at like uh, food pantries and shit. Like it's the only huh. time that I, I work in that. I, so so, Man. so you, you got to do recurring payments. Like that's how I do all my charities, like uh, Planned Parenthood and ACLU. ACLU. And I give the ACLU um, a cup of hot chocolate every month. <laughs> Last year, I feel like you guys missed. I, was, I, I feel like you guys missed my third one, <laughs> which was which was uh, Rick. <laughs> hey, I get a cut of that. <laughs> okay, Rick and Liz. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. But it's uh, sorry. It's it, it's uh, those are my three recurring payments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you canceled over all that Patreon hullabaloo, right? Hey, they they, <laughs> they reversed I, they reversed their policy. Aaron, you're fine. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even bother. This, you're the only person I'm giving on Patreon, so it's not like it affected me in any way. Well, Lonite Robot uh, has this like new collaborator, this new writer for the site that I don't really like, so I canceled my. She's all right. God. <laughs> so yeah, it is. But Peter, to your point, it is weird because so I love Christmas, but I I kind of fall into the camp of like yeah, Christmas basically is a non-religious holiday for a lot of people nowadays, yeah. and it started that way, and like it can just be a joyful celebration of like presents and giving and time with family and doing nice things for each other, mm-hmm. and it has a lot of fun movies and it has a lot of fun uh, pageantry around it, and I enjoy all that. And this is a movie, and I, you know, I it, maybe it's a common atheist argument, but it's like yeah, it used to be just the cr- pagan shit anyway. So well, the, we're the, the, it the movie addresses this, that at least. <laughs> well, exactly. This movie is like trying to take it back back or something where it's like <laughs> yeah. no 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 you think it was druids you you didn't see the part in the bible where there's a tree yeah the, uh, the most specious yeah argument. three three-dimensional chess kirk cameron's got going on i can't wait to talk his, about his argument for uh <laughs> for the for for uh why it's okay that christmas is in december 25th yeah because he makes four different co- and contradicting arguments okay yeah i don't remember sentences. what they are i kind of lost okay. like i got uh, i, I got one yeah i got well, I, I should we go through the movie should we let's uh, let's let's go through the movie like we, have to yeah, we actually have to impose a little bit of structure on it because the whole movie is so fucking ridiculous that we could just riff on it for two hours so Liz, why don't you, why don't you walk us through though, like all the different beats of this movie? Okay, first we open on a Samuel Goldwyn Films logo, which I cannot explain. Yeah, <laughs> seems way too. All right, first actual I think, part of the movie. I think they they found it lying in the garbage yeah. somewhere. They're like, is anyone using this? I I, I couldn't. It's like finding the Merv Griffith set on <laughs> Seven minutes. It's seven minutes before the uh, actual credits. No, there's two intros. We get, yeah. yeah, we get 30 seconds of logos, and then we get a good, let's see, um, three minutes of Kirk Cameron just talking to us in a weirdly <laughs> well-lit Because the movie set. doesn't have enough of Be- him fucking talking to the camera. Be bopping and scatting. <laughs> and it, 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 it seems wholly unscripted. He uh, pauses in very awkward places. It looks yeah. kind of like when like they kidnap a foreign dignitary and make them read things. Very North Korean. It's got a North yeah. Korean. This Christmas vibe, tree is treating me well. He was blinking the, a lot. I didn't know what he was blinking about. Um, yeah, the Hershey we, Liberation Front kidnapped him to do a commercial <laughs> for hot chocolate. Uh, the HLF, yeah. Okay, then we get a um, a little teaser of the um, very cool uh, St. Nicholas scene that we're going to get later, um, and it's a very strange, strange scene. Um, <laughs> then uh, we get 
a uh, a credit sequence uh skip through this that is bafflingly in a different aspect ratio all right um so basically we get then we get to the actual movie uh we get to this christmas party at which we will spend the longest hour of your life um it's actually almost as boring as being at an actual christmas party mm. um and uh and less delicious yeah Kirk, especially when yeah when the friends of your christmas party hunt you down exactly. for wanting a moment to yourself um, <laughs> so uh basically kirk cameron is at this party uh his brother-in-law is grumpy because he doesn't like christmas uh, because he thinks it's too commercialized, and there's a very strange sequence in which he stares at children with a weird filter over his face, and it's very creepy. They're um, all sickly green. It's very strange. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he also has to suffer through a conversation with um, the only black person at this party, who is uh, his friend. Uh, does he work with him? He works with him, right? He works with him, because remember uh, Crazy Shirt Fridays or whatever. Yeah, he, he gives about a, a, a minute-long... Um, bizarre monologue about Crazy Shirt Fridays. Uh, yeah. And well, he actually he works uh, in Sean Hannity's imagination. <laughs> he works on the right side of a split screen on Fox News, <laughs> just the right way. Um, anyway, so he eventually uh, goes oh, out in a car, and from then on, we get about an hour of Kirk Cameron uh, confronting him in his car, trying to talk him into being into christmas and he does this by a number of uh specious arguments first he talks about uh the nativity story and makes a very bad argument about the swaddling clothes that we could talk about um then uh which wait well which was so what that was his answer we should say what the oh objection that's was. right so the, okay the objection was I, the, the nativity Hold the tree no he no. trees later yeah what is he mad about what? So he does. He does three. Is it either three or four? So it's definitely uh, tree, Santa Claus, and presents. Well, I think the tree. I think the first one is the just Christmas. In Christmas general. in general. Maybe the nativity. Okay. I think it's. Oh, it's the nativity set. He's like. Oh, the snow oh, we globe. Keep, we the keep, snow globe. We keep them in a snow globe off in the corner in a bubble away from everything else, and he doesn't really yeah. address that at all. Um, and then he, so that that was the first objection is the nativity. Um, <laughs> he actually that wasn't anyone's objection he just wanted to talk about that yeah no it was just yeah that, I, that's why we're confused because that first argument especially literally has nothing to fucking do with yeah. with what the what the objection was and I remember going because at the end it goes back to uh, his brother-in-law and he's like I never thought of it that way and I'm like you never thought of what fucking <laughs> what? what way <laughs> you what, know I never what, thought about what it. was he talking about he's like well, you know uh, I, never, I never was stupid enough to come up with that <laughs> I never thought all those words together, I guess. Um, then before the next argument, we get the uh, extremely strange scene, uh, War on Christmas scene, with the crazy bald man. Uh, if, uh, one of, yeah. one of uh, the other people at this party who's there to uh, not look like Kirk Cameron is a white guy with a, bald, a balding white guy with a beard um, who definitely raps. And he... Uh, does he rap in the movie, or do I just get that general vibe from him? I don't no, know. he raps in the scene, kind of. I, like I he's guess. like spitting. No, he does. He does. He does the worm. For Christmas, that's worms. the same thing. I, I like to call him Extra Jesus because uh, he he mispronounces Exa Jesus. Well, is he the one? I think that's supposed to be funny. 
Okay. You're right. Yeah, that was him. Anyway, so um, this is to indicate that people who believe in the war on Christmas are uh, mentally deranged a little bit because uh, he also believes in chemtrails and Fox yeah. News. It's weird that he mentions Fox News a bunch. They shit on Fox News. They shit yeah. on Fox News. Big deal. It's, they shit on it's Fox true. News and they also shit on people getting worried about people saying happy holidays. Well, I would say that if this is a movie really against anyone being angry – and uh, like that's just the ultimate yeah. problem is like anyone being upset ever. Um, and so it's I think the that's whitest why they, movie like, ever. Yeah, it's just like every, everyone's on dopamine a little bit. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so we get let's see which which argument is this? I feel like we're dissecting this like it's like a Thomas Aquinas piece. Or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's just go through the other. It's probably the best just, way to take it apart. We need numbered. Looking at it this through any rational scope makes it just crumble. Yes. Well, well, this is the Christmas tree. We got uh, a Christmas tree that essentially Garden of Eden was a big tree lot, which is a bizarre argument. Uh, and then <laughs> this, um, it's, they mentioned lights in the Bible. Yeah, so uh, put those two together. Every yeah. every Christmas tree is a cross that didn't have to get used, which is a oh my god. He like smiling. Remember when he smilingly says like, you know, so when you go into a Christmas tree lot, I want you to see that as a whole bunch of crosses that Christ was <laughs> killed on. How much well, you do? Why, why do you want me to see yeah. that? It's horrible. Uh, you know when you bring your children to uh, a lot, think of a 2,000-year-old version of capital punishment. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's, it's, I mean, again, I'm saying the word insane again, but their argument is that the tree is represent, re- represents the cross, which is cool. And also, <laughs> remember how Jesus hung on the cross? What do you think you're doing when you're putting ornaments on it? Yeah, I miss like, that. Like, you're hanging things on the tree. I can't. Just like Jesus was hung. Like, that is fucking it's insane. Crazy. It's insane. <laughs> um, and you can justify anything with this. The reason it's creepy is you can justify literally anything if you just take a modern action that you're comfortable with. And then say, working backwards, say, this is a very loose connection that it has to the Bible. That is why this modern activity is okay. You could be like, waterboarding oh, yeah. is okay because Jesus walked on water. If no, because he baptized. Words are made baptized. Of if they were just without sin, baptism. they'd be fine. <laughs> a waterboard oh is just a kind of tree. <laughs> oh, you didn't hear about water in the Bible? Yeah, they mention it. Flood, or you're gonna yes. cite Fifteenth so, Maccabees. Um, anyway, so, so we got Carlot. Uh, yeah, so yeah. after the car, oh, I do want to mention. Um, there's one brief. You got to do the Saint Nick story. There's one brief shot in the tree lot <laughs> yeah. where the uh, the Adam the Adam character is is uh, this insane argument about how uh, he stole the fruit, but he has to give it back. How can I give it back? Oh, I have to put my heart up on the on the cross because. Christ is the second Adam and all this stuff. The um, while this is Adam. happening, he's he, the Adam is holding up this weird uh, like fruit crystal fruit thing, and I just saw Mother last night, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if any of you were uh, thinking of so, the weird crystal heart in that movie, yes. uh, which complicates basically everything <laughs> in their imagery. <laughs> Um, all right, so there, then we do get uh, Scary Santa. He's been staring at me, shaking his fist for the last minute. Um, we we. There's a long shot of Santa staring into the camera while Kirk Cameron talks, and he's cracking his knuckles while a weird synth plays in the background. And it is the creepiest thing I have seen in 2017. It's fucking terrifying. Uh, It's fucking terrifying. It really could have come from Twin Peaks The Return. It's just... uh, Anyway. Hey, Liz, did you you see my... uh, 
Did you see my note, Liz? It, it literally says Santa Claus is some lynch shit. That's why I think I did see that, and it was in my brain because I couldn't <laughs> get over it. Um, so we get. I want to just pause so I don't forget. But he also introduces Santa because <laughs> and says, "You're going to tell me Santa Claus is 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 good? No, no, no. This is an. Ex- no. I just want to be so clear here that this is an exact quote. This is not me surmising what he says next. Yeah, he says, um. He was a bad, bad, bad man, but I mean, but I mean bad in a good way. Yeah, (laughs) Michael Jackson bad. If you mean bad in a good way, it's literally the Homer Simpson march. When children say bad, they mean good. That's exactly (laughs) what was going on. Anyway, and it's um, and it's basically telling a story about how Santa was a violent thug. Yeah, yeah, beat up. The real story. I mean, I mean, it's total it's fiction. Accurate. It's not. I mean, who knows if it probably didn't happen? But the story, the story goes that um, that Saint uh, Saint Nicholas uh, was at the Nicaea uh, punched punched uh, Arius, uh, and um, he goes to jail. And then God comes down and says, "Hey, why did you punch people?" And Nicholas says, "Well, I was doing it to defend you." And then God lets him out, and that's the end of the story. Uh, it is not a very good story, um, but. Uh, it also so, has the same shit that people give um, Islamic extremists shit yeah. for, like the idea, like the, this, like oh, somebody disagrees with you, violence is the way to solve this debate. Mm-hmm. It's probably a great solution for somebody as stupid as as Kirk Cameron, right? <laughs> I think <laughs> I you should say read, Jesus. You were going to say Jesus. That's okay. <laughs> I think you should read all the Old Testament and look at the first 1800 years of church history yeah, and see yeah. if they thought violence was a good idea to solve Le- their leaving problems. aside the uh the sort of you know saint saint nicholas's uh bloody mythology like also uh uncle bill is is santa claus at the party and my favorite thing is like when class kind of like insinuates itself into yes. this because he goes he goes uh does uncle bill work like does he have a job <laughs> And uh, she's like, no, that's why we hired him. And it's never mentioned again. So there's this notion that their uncle, I guess, uh, they're, they're like pity hiring him to be Santa at their Christmas party. And that's just like a thing that's true in their lives. It's well, very, it's very weird. They, they have a lot of problems. Kirk Cameron has a well-known wife and family who are not invited to his <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, yeah where like, the fuck is his wife? Where are yeah, his kids? What what kind of family outing is this? Also, his real-life sister is a well-known actress who is credited in this movie, and that is not her. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Candace Cameron from Full House is his real-life sister. Now Candace Cameron Burr. Google thinks she's in this movie. <laughs> I think because Google didn't do its research and just saw, oh, Kirk Cameron's sister. Everyone knows that's Candace Cameron Burr. So she was the other person in the movie. <laughs> she's not in this movie. No. So she... Is that woman like another sister of theirs? Maybe, maybe? I don't think she. No, I don't think she's a Cameron. No, that, no just an actress. Yeah. Not, she's not an actress. She's a person. Well, maybe she's just a human she's being. A she money to be in a movie, but she is not an actress. Um, uh, why? Why play a? Kirk Cameron does not have a mythology where he can play a fictionalized version of. Himself. Which makes it even like, creepier that there's this uncle showing up without. Uh, you know, without kids, whatever, without coming to your nice little family gathering. By the way, the, the family gathering is really depressing, even after the dance number. The dance number actually makes it more depressing. We're, um, we're almost to the dance number. Don't yeah, but uh, the idea of, of Kirk Cameron being this, like, <laughs> this weird uncle that comes in and just starts preaching at people until 
this dude just mentally caves enough where he decides to go uh, fucking breakdance in the middle of the family party. Like, well, you know what? You know why he probably did that? So, so yeah. So he gets convinced and he goes and apologizes to his wife and he goes, I should kiss you. And then he's like, but instead I'm going to do a weird movie oh, thing and do a hip hop dance well, that goes on for 10 yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee – I guarantee the reason that he did not kiss that person is that that person was not his real yeah, life wife. For sure. And if we anything from the fireproof movie where Kirk Cameron refused to kiss anyone that wasn't his wife, I they did the a ten minute hip hop dancing <laughs> to avoid two people going. You brought this up last time, Aaron. They could have hugged. They could have done it. They're the ones that say kiss. So, well, I guess if, we got a kiss. We briefly, I, I can wrap it. We're, we're towards the end. Sorry. So, okay. so we yeah, got we'll Santa Claus. Uh, we get a very strange sequence in which Santa Claus uh, beats up Arya's. Uh, so the the um, Kirk Cameron tells us that uh, if he showed us how it actually happened, it would uh, look too weird or something like that. Uh, and so he shows it to us in a what's what's his phrase about Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Ringsy kind of way. Yeah, a Lord of the Ringsy kind of way, which uh, looks nothing like Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> looks like beards. A, he has yeah, a beard, like the beginning of a 1980s uh, <laughs> fantasy-based porno. Um, that segment <laughs> is to Lord of the Rings as Saving Christmas is to movies. <laughs> the whole movie looks like some kind of porno is about to yes. break out. Yeah, <laughs> it was replaced the the dance sequence, which is what we get to. So uh, he comes back in, and um, he suddenly realizes that he was wrong about everything. That presents are great, and uh, that everyone does the worst dance uh, that anyone has ever done. Um, and uh, that's a. Is there anything else? I kind of was so sick of it that, that I kind of zoned out. So I did like not 10 watch the outtakes. I didn't watch the outtakes. I was like, I, didn't I can't. Either. I can't do this anymore. At 20 minutes in, I was sure eight hours had passed, uh, <laughs> and I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I will the, say, yes, I didn't y'all didn't miss dance number. Much. I skipped forward like two minutes, and it was still happening. And then I watched a little bit, and then I skipped forward another two minutes, and it was still happening. And it's just like they play in the entirety of a whole song, and. With some well, extra the shit song, in there. a song that has a yeah, like a seven-minute outro. It's like a medley yeah. or something. <laughs> no, it's it's Hark the Herald Angels Sing by uh, some. I keep calling it Gloria. Yeah, but they just keep repeating the Gloria like for the last seven minutes. But then it's like and an like, auto-tuned inner yeah. sister. Uh, <laughs> dude, it's fucking horrible. Oh. Yeah, there's definitely Uh, dubstep in there somewhere. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there's also when Santa's committing his violent act of uh, retribution against an atheist, there is dubstep playing as he's slamming a man's head into a table, and the movie wants you to think, that owns... It also opens with uh, animation and a ska version of Silent Night, which we haven't spoken about yeah. at all. Yeah, the music in the movie is all ill-advised. Uh, <laughs> even on the 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 weighted scales of what Christian music already is, right? Yeah, like, it's pretty sad they had this much trouble getting rights to songs that are in the public domain. Tells <laughs> 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 you something. I'd, uh, if you guys don't mind, I'd like to kind of start with kind of a very big part of this movie because I know there's a lot of specifics to get into which is, as we alluded to, this movie is not about the war on Christmas. It is about the war on the war on the war on Christmas. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty close. It, three, it, three levels. It's, it's something. Yeah. And here's what's especially crazy. So 
there was a moment where even though I'm like, this is not a movie, this is not how movies work, but I'll tell you what, I'll give this movie some credit because it's not doing what I thought it was going to be, which is liberals, war on Christmas, you know, we can't celebrate Christmas anymore, which if you have eyes and a half working brain and you can like go outside anytime between October and December, you know, that's not true. Um, even though it is a very, uh, very big thing for a lot of people, which is tells you where we're at as a as a country. Uh, but uh, that it's about um, uh, basically telling Christians to lighten up and enjoy Christmas. So I was like, you know, all right, that's you know, this is bad, but that's that's something. But then it like aggressively kind of turned into, and this was my sense. Because Liberty University is like a shill for a lot of corporations, um, it it came to me like a almost a propaganda film that was there to make sure that like the Christians that are focused on this stuff um, still do the the materialistic and the consumeristic parts of Christmas. There is. The call to action at the end of the movie is Kirk Cameron listing things that people could buy for dinner and to go nuts and to spend all your money and buy presents for it. Like it is it is very bizarre. And of course, that that is aided with, as you said, the most uh, incorrect uh, gap filled and incoherent arguments to prove why Christians should not worry that yeah. all of this stuff is taken from pagan stuff. So. What I thought was kind of, okay, Okay, this is bad, but this is at least not the bad I was expecting and maybe even a little positive that they're telling Christians to lighten up about about Jesus during Christmas. Um, instead, kind of turned into a weird propaganda film that felt like it was sponsored by Walmart or something. Yeah. Uh, if I could just throw in there, like, you know, the, the relationship between evangelical um, – sort of belief and materialism was really foregrounded, like you're saying, in a really yeah. strange way. And I gotta say, you know, as as we're like um, uh, coming from our different positions, it's really alien to me. And I guess my question is, Liz, what the fuck? Dude, what is this? It's got a little prosperity gospel in Yeah, Liz, Liz, tell me what, what this is all about, for real. Liz? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, no. That's hilarious. Where'd she go? <laughs> oh, I, thought she was, I thought she was going to laugh. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Now, there you go. now we can hear you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes. now we can. Wow. Did you hear all uh... Rex leaving? Because you can just... <laughs> did you, did you, did grab you save the, mic? the first one? Did you throw down the mic in anger? Did I make you so mad that you you shut off Skype? Did so you have the you original say- file, right? Okay. <laughs> 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 Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's do some beeps really quick, and then you can. Resp- that'll be an easy place to cut in responding sure. to Rick. Yes. Okay. All right, uh, everyone ready? Yep. Yep. So keep recording, everybody. All right. All right. Beep. 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 Three. Three. Two. Two. two one. 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 one.
So, Rick. Liz, you were the most important person to say three. <laughs> so, Rick, um, I mean, uh, the the what we call you know evangelical. Uh, really, it's it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of irritating that, that you, what we now call evangelicals have been allowed to co-opt this term, which is a very uh, specific term that goes back to the turn of the century. You know, like if you look back at a Karl Barth book and he says, "I'm an evangelical," he has nothing to do with what uh, we would think of today. But really, what we think of today is a response to the to uh, the social gospels from the the mid- middle of the 20th century, from the 1920s up to about World War II, uh, and or a little after World War II, that were very much focused on the the message to the poor. Um, and as as we get this 50s and, and 60s economy boost, uh, that becomes a much less popular message. Um, so in, in a funny way, um, people are usually better at hiding it. Yeah. So I, I, I can't really explain specifically why this movie is so brazen about this message that uh, <laughs> is usually uh, left as subtext. I can only assume it's because this is one of the few Christian movies where both the explicit and the implicit mes- uh, subject is the Christian audience. Like... The, the a movie like God's Not Dead, the implicit audience is the Christians who are watching it, but the explicit audience is the atheists who are getting converted, but who are not going to watch this dumb movie. This movie is both two and four uh, Christians, which is bizarre. Uh, so I feel like they are more open about the commercialism. Hmm. Well, they go they go to that aspect, and then the second aspect, which they lay on pretty thick, is the at the end is um, how you need to become a soldier. Oh, and you need to be a soldier so hard and just be a soldier. <laughs> and they so hard. Yeah, really so weird. hard for Jesus. And they show they show a soldier from the Nutcracker. The which Nutcracker. I think Kirk Cameron thinks was Wait. at the nativity. Um, but he says specifically, you know how soldiers came to the nativity? I got news for you, Kirk Cameron. Soldiers didn't yeah. come. That was the whole point. Is that they didn't come to the nativity. If they had come, it would have gone badly. Because yeah, yeah, it's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's that's well, just about actually, a dead baby. That's, that's not yeah, a great you, story. You, you get, you get. Well, it's you get the whole story, but you get all the middle stuff out. It's just birth and crucifixion <laughs> in one night. Oh, God. Um, it is a more efficient story. <laughs> guys, keep keep going without me. I gotta shut my dogs up. I'll be back in in two seconds. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is a particularly uncomfortable thing because what he's doing is he's taking, in a very propagandistic way, he's taking these like modern things that have become a part of Christmas and he is very conservatively guarding them despite the fact that like uh, the Nutcracker is only part of this because of probably the Nutcracker musical right yes yeah the ballet, 100% yeah. and it's a like Napoleonic <laughs> era image of a soldier it's not like there were like Roman soldiers in nativity scenes in like the year five like this is a very yeah I guess it would have had to be after Christ died but whatever but like it wasn't like there were this our modern version or modern conception of what Christmas is has evolved over these 2000 years and it would and it's a very interesting <laughs> conversation how it gets there and he routinely finds ways to make that uninteresting <laughs> <laughs> and false and and, and demonstrably yeah. Yeah. and yeah well i mean that was the demonstrably thing i false. was kind of i was kind of offended that the only time uh, liberal christians a uh, category in which i'm sure he would include me uh come up is when he rewrites arius as a liberal christian which was when he says the thing about how arius thought that jesus was just a man which is of course not at all true but uh, other than that, that's like know, that's a that's a very liberal Christian. That's a Jewish person. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, 
Yeah, the the just the adding the adding soldiers with the nativity is like a straight face version of people that like jokingly put like an action figure at their nativity. Yeah, for sure. But like no one's like actually then tries to convince their friends that Commander Riker was at the first <laughs> Christmas. Like <laughs> you know. But here he is like, yeah, there's a soldier at the Nativity and there's soldiers, and that's why you gotta be a soldier. You gotta be a soldier and buy presents and get all the food and marry Chris it's like, what the fuck? What the fuck just happened at the end? Yeah. I mean so I, I'm kind of interested what do you who is your favorite character who is not in the car? Although the car characters are probably not in the running <laughs> for favorite character anyway. But uh, everyone else, like, there is this weird, like, this movie could have been this super Brechtian presentation of just a car, and it would have been amazing. But for some reason, he populates the house <laughs> with these characters that are barely and incredibly broadly defined in these brief moments. I have, it's such an odd choice. <laughs> it's an odd choice that only a completely like incompetent filmmaker that- could make. Yeah, the one Asian man who knows just to stay away from him. I, I miss him. <laughs> drink his coffee. I think he was the most relatable character. At the end, he goes like, I love these parties or something, which is very Lynchian or very even, if not Lynchian, Tim and Erician. <laughs> like, he's just sitting drinking cocoa on the couch and like the whole movie, anytime anybody walks in the room, like there's a scene where Kirk is looking for, uh, is this is Christian his uh, friend who's who needs? Yes, I think so. Is that oh, his real name, or is that is that his real name? No, it's it's not oh, his real name. His name's like Dan so or something. So, so uh, even that scene, he's looking for Christian, and he walks in the room, and there's this just old dude drinking hot cocoa in the corner, and he's like, hey, "You're not Christian." <laughs> well, and this guy, yeah, this guy's just there the whole time. You don't know who he's related to. You just know he's like, <laughs> he's like one of those old people that comes to holiday events and just like. That corner is my corner, which is me right now. Here's here's why else it is crazy, because he is voiceover narrating that and why he's looking for his brother-in-law, Christian, is when people isolate themselves during the Hollywood, go up to them and make them find out why that I think happened. you meant holidays. So the, the Hollywood? Holidays. The you ho- said the, the holidays. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 okay. Well, I guess my brain yeah. broke. Um, so when people isolate themselves at... Uh, during, I think I was going for holiday. Yeah, I think that's so, the yeah. first. That's um, the first stage of being brainwashed. Is you, all your previous systems just collapse yeah. in front of you? I'm kind of in a dog tooth. Happy I'm in a dog Hollywood. tooth situation. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so he, um, so he walks in and sees. Uh, he's talking about how if people isolate themselves at Hollywood, oh my Hollywood, god, damn it, at holiday uh, holiday parties, yeah. you should go up to them and be like, "Why are you doing?" Even this? if they're what in their car. Help? Yes. So yeah, so he walks into a room with a guy sitting by himself and is like, "Oh, not you." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wait, he's, no, he's, like yeah. this guy has isolated yeah, himself. <laughs> well, and that's the I as as someone with Asperger's, that is such a nightmare that that's like raised to a religious principle. Like, leave him <laughs> oh, alone, yeah. please. I need. I will come back. I will let you know when I want to talk to you, Kirk Cameron, Liz, which is I never. Literally put, Liz, I literally put. <laughs> put bothering Christian in the car is literally Liz's nightmare. Yes, in my notes. It is one hundred percent. So have you? Have you guys ever seen um, some of the uh, way of the master uh, evangelizing movies that Kirk Cameron <laughs> no, has I, done? I, when you said way of the master, I was trying to think of what kung fu movie that was. It's, <laughs> no, it's it's his it's his like church it's it's his proselytizing organization. The master is uh, Jesus, presumably. 
Uh, I think so. Yeah, or no, Kurt Hamill. I mean, that's not a joke. That is. That is. Uh, yeah. No, I, I have. I have uh, not but, seen it. No. So it's it's kind of it's it's kind of it sheds some light on what he's doing here because those those it feels like a prank show that is just straight uncomfortable, but it's not a prank show because it's Kirk Cameron. Who's just out on the street and he's going up to people and he's asking them if they're Christian. And if they say, no, he's doing the worst attempt at converting ever that he thinks is like brilliant, which is, well, then are you worried you're going to go to hell? And they're like, no, I'm a good person. Okay. Well, have you ever stole anything? Have you ever liked uh, someone who wasn't your wife? Um, so he's like, like he's like doing yeah. the scene from Left Behind, actually. To say, or, yeah, he's, yeah, and they're like they're like yeah, I've yeah, I've stole something or I've told a lie. Okay, well, and then he lists the commandments that they broke, and they go, so you're going to hell. And when people are like, no, I'm not going to hell because I did that stuff. Like, how are you not? How are you not? Have you ever had lust? Like, they are. It is uncomfortable, and he doesn't leave, and people very quickly turn to. Why is Kirk Cameron doing this? What a fucking nut job! And he just doesn't get it. And the the arguments that he's that he's making are terrible to anyone with a uh, a sense of logic, cognitive thought. And but you know when you're in that bubble, he thinks that these are brilliant. Like can't argue with this. It's like, well, here's your problem, Kirk. Um, if your whole argument hinges on everyone accepting your Ten Commandments and that they'll go to hell, when people are like, oh, I don't believe in that religion, and you're like, oh, yeah, but the Ten Commandments say, oh, okay, but yeah, I, but I don't believe in that religion. Okay, but my religion says you're going to hell, and that's the right religion. What the fuck is wrong? Like, how is that an argument? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's... But he does it over and over again. So, and he's unrelenting to an uncomfortable uh, point. So, him doing that in this movie to is like I think it's like his version of how this is supposed to go. And it's crazy to me that he puts these online because they're just him getting owned and laughed at. And he's like <laughs> nailed it. Does he not know that part of the deal with reality TV is you get to cut out the stuff that doesn't make you look good? Yeah, you're, you're supposed it's to. Telling you're supposed what to take he that thinks. Part out. <laughs> it's t- again though. It's telling. It's telling what he thinks makes him look good. Like he thinks he's winning these things because, and I'm just gonna throw this out there. I think he is a he's a, he's a dumb person. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he is. He is extraordinarily stupid. He just he he's also very cowardly intellectually because he just doesn't want to actually engage with people's questions. He just wants to run back to pat rehearsed sets of arguments and tenets. Right. Because that's what stupid people are: people that can't think on their feet and talk and talk around issues. People that can only run back to and hide back to a specific yeah. set of, of statements uh, are either uh, robots or stupid people. Well, I, I right. this is a, this is all true. I mean, I would not deny that Kirk Cameron is a stupid person, um, but I also think there's an element of I, these these are not these tapes are not meant for you or for atheists or for anyone except yes. the fellow mm-hmm. burden. It's not basically what the, their purpose is that these people have to come to terms with how insane their moral universe is, which is that if you haven't you know if you haven't heard this 
incredibly specific set of doctrines, then why would you, you know, believe them? And, and then you're still set to hell. So they need to essentially these like function as, as proofs of the moral universe is like, oh, well, e- even if they had heard, you know, the good word, then they still wouldn't believe it. And they would still go to hell. That That's their purpose. They're, they're comforting for people who were uh, uncertain about the, you know, the, the subconscious doubts that people have they they're they are you know exclusively you know preaching for the preaching to the choir as, as the phrase always goes but they're not they are preaching to the empty audience to so that the choir overhears more than uh preaching to the choir themselves so, so yeah, weird. Sort of like, is a, is, those are sort of like in the next uh, few weeks, you guys are going to get some spam emails from uh, lots of companies. And some of those spam emails are not going to be trying to sell you anything. They're just going to be like, thanks for being a customer. Here's a fun video we made with no products in it. Just like, thank you for being a loyal customer type videos. Uh, so you're uh-huh. one some sort of, of that. The- like, thanks for staying on the path, guys. Well, that and also it's more that it's just justify. Like, it is... <laughs> I think anyone who, who who has these conservative beliefs has is uh, aware of the insane uh, immorality of, of judging people for not you know accepting a specific set of doctrines. Many of whom have no idea who you're talking about. You know, weren't raised in the Christian tradition, um, and it is a way of justifying and quieting those subconscious doubts within uh, within themselves more than that's great. Yeah, it, it it really has nothing to do with converting anyone or harassing people on the street. <laughs> yeah, it's the equivalent of like saying a chant if you're brainwashed. Like you're seeing someone repeat the words that you've been told and then you see people not reject that. And so you're not actually really even looking at the argument being presented, which mm-hmm. is why um, everyone in their church that watches this aren't like, oh, that was – did you already said that was yeah. good? Like what What the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. It's, it's they're, they're not actually hearing the argument. They're hearing the – they're just seeing the good guy – say here's what you need to do to be a holy person see the bad guy reject that and then feel justified with their uh judgment of of atheism yes. or muslim yeah yeah and you know it one of the one of the unsurprising central conflicts of the whole christian faith about judgment is even though jesus was very explicit um by saying that you should judge people, leave judgment up to God, he also told everyone what God's looking for in his judgment and that he will, in fact, torture people for eternity. So it's like it's like saying, hey, don't don't run your checklist. We have our own checklist, but then they hand you the checklist and you know who's going to be around for eternity and who not based on that. You're like, it's almost impossible, I think, for people to not um, to not. If not judging them themselves, which they would always say they aren't, sure. but they are just acknowledging that, hey, I've seen God's checklist, I've seen his list, and I know they're not getting in. And if he, if, if they're not getting into heaven, then I know where they're going, which is basically a place they're stuck for all eternity. There's, there's not a redemption out of hell. There's not a rehabilitation. So it allows them to write off large swaths of the... Um, of of the world, it really is a, a difference between you can either convert or die, which was essentially the, the the actual position of the Catholic Church and the Christian Church for hundreds of years. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that 
I don't. I I wouldn't. Uh, the the doctrine of hell in in the Bible itself is is not as much of a focus, and and even to the extent that it is, it's more ambiguous than most evangelicals make it out to be. I mean, I obviously don't believe in hell at all, but uh, I I it's it's the Gospel of John especially. Though, John has it's some stuff. I mean, yeah, it's ultimately there's some. Yeah, there are so many verses that seem to point in other places it really just has it ends yeah. up being which pile of verses do you like more because it contradicts itself a lot uh, which the Bible yeah. does on everything um, I, I, I would also <laughs> say um, oh man what else was I going to say um, I forgot someone else talk sure uh, so <laughs> what I actually uh, what I was going to say though was that it's kind of fascinating to me this notion like storytelling, this tension between like revealed truth <laughs> and uh, the stories we tell is is really at the heart of this movie over and over again. He keeps saying it. He keeps bringing shit up like, you know, well, how's the story going to end? How's this story going to end with like apparently you going in and breakdancing? Um, how's, you know, the Christ story going to end? How do these things function? Um, he even says at one point, which I, I gotta say again, as a lapsed Catholic, I was like, oh my God, like I gasped, uh, at the blasphemy of the notion of like, he says that the birth of the baby is valuable only because of the story he enters into. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure yeah. that that is not true. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. sure. I'm, I'm not sure Kirk Cameron is any more pro-abortion than the Catholic Church. Um. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I think the birth of the baby is also kind of important because of sort of the redemption of the world's souls. But what do I know? I'm not Kirk Cameron. Well, but, you know. Well, the redemption occurred in the crucifixion. Mm, yeah, okay. Sure. I, I, but I, as he makes very clear, the crucifixion is connected to... Uh, the nativity in a sort yeah, of you linear remember the cloth? line. Remember, yeah, you oh, ever thought God. about the cloth? You, know, you remember that there's two times the Bible mentions the cloth and therefore they must be directly related? Because uh, if the Bible Geniuses. accidentally uses the word more than once, it's a direct re- Um I do. So what do you all what do you all think about this notion of like uh, storytelling I to, uh, I, I or narrative? It's it's a big, because, big deal. Um, this is an insane Christian evangelical meme that I've heard constantly over the last bit. They are all obsessed talking about story and you're made of like, there's this, these posters I would see everywhere. It says you are made of story. Like it's, I don't understand why it you're is made of stories a yeah. thing right now, but it is colossal for the last five or six years. This it, it's, so there are very few parts of postmodernism that Christians are really into borrowing. Um, they like to talk about very particular they like to talk about this completely created version of Derrida that's in their head and nowhere else where it's like oh it's all just you know part of your context and all the, oh, they use worldview constantly I've heard worldview so many times it drives me insane um, and all I, but what do they how do they use worldview well in that like they... oh you just don't accept these facts because it doesn't fit in your worldview you know your worldview def- defines what facts you're willing to accept so if you're a Christian and your yeah, worldview they believe is the rest of us yeah they, use they believe the rest of us are living in an impenetrable bubble well and that um, they're also in an impen- like they accept like it's this weird semi version of moral relativism which is also not a real like not a real thing in the form that they talk oh, about it man it's, yeah it's, right it's this- that's the tension I guess I, I that that kept galling me it was like you but you're saying that you have absolute truth but you're kind of drawing on this notion of moral relativism yes well that's in order to like make this weird case the the closest thing i can find to it is the there's the philosopher alan badu who talks about events and the idea of truth coming from like this event 
in your life uh, is what's kind of popular after his philosophy in the 80s. And it's the closest thing to what Christians talk about is this idea that there is this like event that creates the bubble in which you live and determines what kind of facts you're willing to accept. And the -hmm. only real event is, you know, Christ coming into your life. And then so it it is this absolute tension between a weird pseudo relativism and a complete you know certainty in their correctness it's a really strange thing um i was wondering yeah what else? there's one other christianese thing i want to talk to you guys about and i'm fascinated by what you guys will think about but i want to hear what you think about that first so the the idea that uh there is a relative sort of view of what is the good and bad in the universe feels like a very progressive very like postmodern idea to me like especially like that's something that like you don't necessarily like i didn't hear about that until college in any sort of specific terminology um and so the idea that like christian evangelicalism would adapt that in their own way particularly with regards to this stories thing that you guys mentioned mm-hmm. which i definitely do not get um it's inscrutable <laughs> i don't get it either. Me, me neither <laughs> so so the worldview thing is is very strange to me because we use uh, progressives and left-leaning people use the word worldview mostly synonymous with the word perspective and it's used as a um, a humbling thing and a thing to help us have better conversations and a way for us to move better together forward whereas sure like the notion is you you have different you know your material background your you know all these things inform this uh set of conditions which informs your your view of the world right yeah you recognize your prejudices you recognize your privileges you recognize your what your position what your position in your world has made how it has made you look back upon your world so i don't so they're using that terminology that perspective that worldview to say that they're in their own their own worldview and theirs is the highest worldview yeah basically i mean yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's the thing like they can't say both at once but uh they they sometimes say yeah i mean it it is trying to have those two completely uh contradictory uh arguments in your head at once is is... well they they also believe i mean the reason that these stories that they that that they have a greater understanding of them than we do is not based on any sort of like learned under uh you know learned uh, scholarly pursuits that they've done to like figure out how they understand the Bible better than us. It's just that they believe that they have uh, grace from God. So basically when they read something, they have like an unlocked truth uh, that, that we don't have. So it's why when they can say their arguments and we go, okay, that's stupid for the following five reasons um, that you haven't accounted for. I've I've gotten responses and I've heard a lot that it's not even worth debating to them whether their stories are accurate. It's that, yeah, you say that because the devil's clouding your judgment. You don't have – God hasn't granted you the truth. (laughs) So it's not just relativism. It's that 
they can see the same thing and they have a they kind of have it all locked up secretly that uh, that you don't have so so their truth by by definition and their stories by definition are are more accurate because they have been given the the master key well I think master key like the phrase used master key is interesting because the closest analogy I can find to talking to certain uh, conservative Christians is talking to like a classist a classic Freudian psychoanalyst who is like oh no no you have all these deep terrible desires deep in you and you're like no I don't and they're like no you do you do you really do want to sleep with your mother and I was like no I don't I want to do this no well when you say that you you, you want to sleep with your mother I, <laughs> no I, I just I, I just want to go to the store need a thing from the yeah, store fuck your mother it's, it's and it's exactly that it's like oh yeah, it, it's it's um, it it's a bizarre way that they have kind of cannibalized certain twentieth century modernist movements, the parts of them that are most amenable to their crazy ideas, and like use parts of the language to make it sound like they're trying to be reasonable when in fact they're covering up how uh, unreasonable they're being. The other term I wanted to talk about is stewardship. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, I was wondering what you guys thought of when he says, "Oh, that's bad stewardship" and all that stuff. I was wondering what you guys I thought, thought of. I thought of on Mad TV, there is a character named Stewart who was sort of, uh... <laughs> and I, I thought they were saying be more like Stewart from yep. Mad TV. It was more, more like more like, like Stewart, more like Payne Stewart. Oh, I went Stewart <laughs> little. Um, yeah, stewardship. So yeah, I mean, I feel like the the, the most flat understanding of that would be uh, taking moral command of your world and making sure that you are preaching uh, the message and making your world as uh, conducive and welcoming to Christians and that your the, the gospel is being spread as far and wide as, as you can possibly do with your uh, limited mortal body but Man, that's, that's, that's a much it, better idea. It feels a little. It's, it's uh, <laughs> totally. It, it's it's a, a little church. bit of peace. Church sounds awesome. <laughs> it's a little bit of misogyny, right? Because they're kind of telling him like, "Hey, you're the man of the house. You need to steward your household into the correct beliefs." Yeah, yeah that's part of it. Um, so basically, right. the idea is that is that um, you need. It's essentially just you need to be good with your money. Um, that's like the entirety of it. Is that you need to be responsible with your money and like getting a solid three percent investment on your uh investments <laughs> like it's i i had a youth pastor in high school who got fired because his family was in too much debt and it revealed he had bad stewardship which is a christian value is taking care of your money um wow. which is god man god was so into yeah money. which is hilarious because like isn't that the most anti-semitic like conspiracy theories like oh all they care about is taking like their whole religion is just taking care of their money. Oh, also, you need to make sure no, you, do. yeah, you don't. Have, you, I think you don't I think blood libel is. But yeah, well, yeah. yeah, blood libel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any, that that's always the problem, and I think why I, I think as an atheist, I talk more about how good Jesus is than I probably did as a as a Catholic because I feel like a lot of my discussions about these things are like trying to convince Christians to what jesus said he meant and it's always amazing the hoops oh, yeah. that they can go through which which reminded me of this movie so one thing that i had heard growing up which you guys may have not heard because it's crazy <laughs> but <laughs> we go. it is it it is the mental gymnastics they do to kind of tell you that what you what is clearly true in the reading of the bible is not true crazy it up to be that yeah so um a very famous phrase 
uh, where Jesus says that it's easier for a man rich to, man to oh, go. Hey, can I get? Can I guess? Through. Because you said no one will. Is it that the um, the needle, uh, the the eye of a needle, is a real gate in the walls of Jerusalem? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. All right. Wait. Anyway, yeah, wait. You, so, you tell so, the story. So, 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 wait, I have uh, no idea what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. So, so they. Uh, so the, the, I'm glad this went from Catholic. Yeah. to I, I think my conservative version of Catholic took a lot of oh, stuff for sure. from, um, from from the evangelicals. But so obviously, you would think that you would have an easy trump card to. You know, the fact that there's all these Christians and um, Catholics that are clearly concerned about wealth and money and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You say, hey, Jesus said himself that you shouldn't care this much about money. It's easier for a rich man to pass through the eye of a needle. It's easier. No, it's easier for a camel to get passed through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter heaven. Rich man to get to heaven. Right. Yeah, because so, uh, needles which, are too small is, for camp. Yes, generally. Yeah, so what Jesus is easier than the other? They both sound very different. Well, yes, I think that's the idea. So, yeah, <laughs> camels are <laughs> fucking enormous. A rich man would actually have an easier, yeah, so much, like, man, so like, much bigger, fan. so much bigger than needles. I, I feel like so, yeah, the you point... would have to like buy a needle with a really, really big eye, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, a camel well, needle. I'll tell you what, Peter. So what they've done here, as Jesus was clearly saying through metaphor that basically if you're rich it's almost impossible to get to heaven that's why i'm poor and everyone else i know is poor and everyone vow, else I, poverty, follows me is poor chastity. it's yeah. a vow of poverty yeah. it's a thing the, the dignity so of, what, uh, of poverty sure yeah so what the church has come up with um and uh, certain certain evangelical sects and stuff like that is that they've they did some studies and they found out that there is a gate in Jerusalem Jerusalem that was called needles and the way that you got through that was the eye of the needle and so they'll be like yeah it was kind of a, it was known far and wide as a narrow gate but like you could you could get through it with a, just could you do it with a camel. It's just difficult. Yeah, well, the, oh. the, the, version, yeah. the camel has to bend yeah, over. Yeah, the idea was that like you had to get it through it on your knees by crawling through and the camel was well and the thing of this is is that it's zero percent true. There is no gate called needles. Yeah. There is no eye of the needle. Like it's complete fiction and it's some guy just decided I don't like this. I need to make something up. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's, and that's, that's kind of what of. Kirk Cameron does throughout this movie where he makes up like the ornaments <laughs> hanging on the cross and all yeah, these things. Yeah, yeah. So like, like these are these are these are not just um uh these are not just stuff that we've borrowed from pro or uh, from pagans, but these are actually no, it's all in the Bible and this is what this means, and so now you can all sleep well tonight and buy all your shit. Uh Liz, there actually is one really we talked about our kind of Catholic Christian upbringing in that we i was like taught how to debate christians and you were taught how to debate catholics and there is one really good christian catholic moment in this that i want to talk about and that is uh which I, my guess is that rick and peter did not get there when 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 they're talking about um santa claus's message which is you know uh you better watch yeah, out you know good people get presents bad people get bad <laughs> things which sounds if you're just like pay attention to religion he's all like sham shampoo what, for my real friends yeah yeah he's yeah it sounds very similar to what jesus talks about and you know heaven and hell and stuff like that so you would think that makes sense christian and said instead uh the brother-in-law says whoa 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 
That sounds like workspace, man. You, it's supposed to be about grace. Oh, dude, is, I have this in my notes. I missed this I mean, entirely. I'm not going to be like, out. I'm not going to be like mad that you said that I wouldn't get it, but I actually straight up <laughs> wanted to bring it up. So okay, perfect. You no, know, I, wa- yeah, I watched sorry. this movie four hours Rick. ago, and I missed that, and or forgot it entirely. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's his. Uh, yeah, he's like. Uh, it's like a works versus deeds uh, debate oh, that happens in the middle of nowhere that is for no so reason. Work, work versus well, it's not even a debate. They just say basically what they're insinuating. You sound like a Catholic because Catholics yeah. believe yes. that it's it's faith and work, right? And um, and Christians especially believe that it's basically faith alone. Well, pro- maybe from- Protestants. I think it might be better. Yeah, no, Protestants. Sorry, um, they, that they, because Martin Luther took a passage in Romans where it says thou shall be judged by faith and added the word alone yep. to it. Like our, the Catholic Bible, I said our, that's how, that's how ingrained this stuff is. <laughs> the, Catholic, the Catholic Bible doesn't have a, alone. Martin Luther added that. So that's, that's really the, the core divide between, um, and a Catholics and like his, his other move is I, I'm, I know because I'm reading his commentary on James right now is that uh, or not his commentary on James but a writing of his on James is that uh, James the book of James which famously says faith without works works is dead uh, he said that yeah. uh, James was written by some Jew and snuck into the Bible so that was how he did got around that one <laughs> so I, I yeah, love I that a, guy so Great I come guy. from a I, I went to a Jesuit college so the idea of taking out the the works half of that is uh, supremely unchristian sounding to me. It was like the only but, part of of Christianity yeah. that appealed to me is the idea that like maybe just maybe Christians like even if they're even if I don't believe with them, uh, I don't uh, I don't share beliefs with them. Maybe just maybe they're out there in the world making the world a better place or making people sure. feel yeah. happier well, or more yeah. secure Do I? because they're out there. Instead. Uh, now, after this movie, especially, I'm like, oh, is evangelism just like a new form of missionaries with no goal of making any other part of the world better? Yes. I, I didn't realize there was, yes. there was such yes. a divorce of short, short answer, yes. yes. Long answer, yes. Because to, Long answer, absolutely. Well, I mean, because I think, especially, especially just real, real quick, that him taking, uh, excuse me, uh, Kirk Cameron, the cam fam, uh, him taking the <laughs> these like symbols that were like pagan symbols and then adapted into Christian symbols over the course of two millennia. Um, uh-huh. Those symbols being uh, taken from their original context, hollowed out, and made a husk to trick pagans into believing into Christianity is it's like, all the same. That is that is missionary work, mm-hmm. right? Like the idea of like, listen, we can't break you guys of your. Uh, we can't break you guys of this weird habit. Every summer, you guys have this party, so we're just gonna mm-hmm. call it this. And it, now it's a Christian tradition. Uh, th- we do that too. Like th- that's now what I'm associating evangelicalism with. Yeah. And no, you're right. You're me, right to do that. <laughs> it's making me resent that movement more. Well, my well, I, shitty. Uh, one of my favorite. Just, uh, uh, yeah. No, no, you can. No, 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 Rick. Go. I just want to. I want to wrap no, it up. So in a I have something to say. I just thought it was really funny where um, that that in the middle of the movie that like in a coded version that most people wouldn't get. I felt like that uh, Christian turns to Kirk and is like, "Whoa, whoa, 
What do you, you sound like a cat? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Which no, is like a that, huge that was, insult. That was the Catholic moment. Yeah. And uh, it was roundly rebuffed by uh, by old Kirk Cameron there. Yeah. And I mean, uh, to, to what you were saying, Peter, uh, I mean, that, that absolutely, that 100% is. Uh, and basically, if you look at um, writing about Protestant missionaries, basically the justification for doing any positive thing is, well, it'll make them more pliable to our message um but i mean a lot mm-hmm. of people just rejected that i mean moody uh uh R- richard uh i forget which moody rick one of the moody's rick yeah mm. no nothing yeah um moody blues <laughs> yes the moody blues um famously said why uh, what was it why polish the handles on a sinking ship is basically his approach to doing anything positive for anyone uh it's... yeah that was why mother Teresa got a lot of criticism too because people would give her a ton of money thinking that she was helping the poor but she wasn't she was converting them and making them comfortable but like not feeding them meals or giving them clothes well, she spent all that money on fucking them. sex parties yeah exactly yeah, she was just converting them and, essentially and letting them like giving them a place to and die. fancy hats. The rest of the money went to fancy hats. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. I, I, I well, probably got about fifteen minutes uh, left if you, we want to start wrapping up. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, only, yeah for this, sure. This movie, uh, its worst ravages were making me feel more, uh, more uh, happy with my Catholic upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's actually really sin. really funny that you say that because I was like uh, about midway through the film during one of the car conversations I started like getting really mad at Kirk Cameron not because of like the litany of lies which would be a good reason but because and like a good heavy metal band name litany yeah. of lies <laughs> <laughs> also yeah or album title yeah. but uh, I was like man you are getting fucking scripture wrong, dude. Like, I all of a sudden, I got this, like, like the eight-year-old, the nine-year-old came out in me and was like, yeah. dude, you are mistaking what Christ said. All of a sudden, I got more Christian than Kirk Cameron. And I'm not all that Christian, actually. <laughs> um, but I got that. That's, I feel, that's I feel what that this movie did to me. That's Yeah. I'll never forgive it for that, <laughs> for turning us more Christian. For, <laughs> for turning Rick yeah, more yeah. Rick yeah. specifically. So maybe, so maybe, maybe it's uh, successful at schools. It's trying it's, to make us um, reconnect with God, and I reconnected with God against Kirk Cameron. <laughs> I, I want to make sure we don't miss a very important point that I think could easily slip by. Maybe it's all in your notes. Don't want to. I don't want to pass judgment like I did before. <laughs> that was unchristian of me. It but, was. Uh, there's a point where uh, Kirk Cameron in that first uh, point or rebuttal is describing the nativity s- scene, and he says, "There they all are with their white skin." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, you want to be very clear that we're not one of those. No, yeah, and it's uh, Jesus. Jesus mm-hmm. is like part of the yeah. uh, ethno culture of the place he was born. He's a, he's a German looking or Irish looking man <laughs> who is wow. Anglo. So that's, that's a yeah. weird evangelical thing that I've heard recently is more of a focus on. Oh yeah, no, Jesus wasn't white. He was uh, Palestinian. But then not letting that affect anything else. It's just he still talks. He still, yeah. he still acts like a white guy, but he has a tan. Basically, it's very frustrating. <laughs> super yeah. nice mm-hmm. Jesus right. was like this buff, super hot white guy. Yes, basically, it's pretty hot. <laughs> That's why he drove everyone crazy because he was a hot white guy, walked around buff, 
from all the walking. Yeah. Would fucking yeah. You, uh, <laughs> from all the walking. I think walking it, will make you like super strong. Aaron's been watching the um, porno parody of the way of the master tapes where way of the masturbator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my, okay. Have you ever committed lust in your <laughs> yeah. heart? You have now. <laughs> lust in your fart. <laughs> All right. Well, we have to end oh on lust God. in your fart. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, any other, any other little moments? Quick before. Uh, we yeah, wrap up? real, real quick. I just wanted to mention uh, my my favorite of the uh, Kirk Cameron evasions is when uh, the dude is like, you know, but fucking December, winter solstice, paganism, etc. Yeah. And uh, he goes, last time I checked, it was God who created the winter solstice. <laughs> yeah. I, I just <laughs> want to throw that so out I need I need to mention that because I referenced it earlier that his four sentence arc there is, uh, don't believe that it's... He says, first, the church founders had their reasons for choosing December. Point number one. Two, it's not it's not about some winter solstice. Three, but you know what? God created the winter solstice. <laughs> Four, God actually created everything, including the druids. <laughs> yeah. So, and the elves. Like, and the elves. Yeah. So that's, that's four points that are like uh, – yeah, they have their reasons. Don't ask any questions. It's not about the winter solstice, but it doesn't matter. God created the winter solstice. Don't worry about it. The druids, too, come to think about it. So <laughs> everything's fine. Just sit down, relax. I, I touched on this Please. earlier, but like this is exactly one of the one of the things that pisses me off about this movie is that he takes a very interesting, uh, you know, theological and historic thing, which is how. Uh, we co-opted as as Christians or former Christians, uh, we we co-opted a, a bunch of pagan days and certain beliefs and made our own holiday on it uh, in in an effort to help spread Christianity faster and make it more solidified. Um, and the the story of the winter solstice is super interesting. People make it out to be some hippy dippy bullshit, but the idea that this was like the coldest day of the year and it's like the day when communities had to huddle together and really watch out for one another and build this big ass fire, like that is a very symbolically interesting thing to bring up around Christmas time because it is totally in keeping with Christian messages. The idea that in the middle of the winter, you need a little bit of a celebration or a little bit of yeah. charity or whatever you want to call it uh, is beautiful because the fucking winter, I have, I have uh, a seasonal affective disorder. I get horrifically depressed from like Sad. late December to March, whenever it starts getting sunny again. Uh, sure. Yeah, I mean that's kind of interesting, but it's not as interesting as like there's there's trees in the bud. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, like, there's so much shit that he just like he just sprints past like later sucker. That's so interesting and could be adapted into his belief system, but instead he's like, mm. but it's it's just in December because Jesus said that's when it is. Well, all I know is uh, I'm putting swaddling trees. Um, <laughs> Swallowing trees. <laughs> what? Sorry. Uh, I'm Are you in Hollywood? I'm swaddling cloth on my trees. I fucked that up really bad. Sorry. Erase that. Um, swallowing so, trees is terrifying sounding. Swaddling. Swaddling okay, trees. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I think as we're still kind of figuring out how to end these episodes, I think the easiest way to do is to go around and say if we think it succeeds as a movie yeah. or as an or as a, as a um, or end as a 
uh, expression of faith. Wow. And I would say that first off, I think we it's clear from my perspective anyways that this is maybe the worst movie I've ever seen. It's not the most hateful movie I've ever seen, but it is barely qualified I, I, as a movie. It's incompetent. And I, it's staggeringly incompetent. And I really want to underline, if you are listening and you're one of those people that goes, I need to see this because it sounds so bad that it will be hilarious. It is not. It is like watching paint dry and then lie to you about history <laughs> for, for 80 minutes. Shitty paint. It's, it's really bad. It is not fun. There's nothing enjoyable. It's not a laugh at. And its expression of faith is like great if you like being gaslit about uh, the history of the past, your own beliefs, and yeah. also a bunch of other random shitty messages about uh, – Buy stuff and be a soldier for God, and Jesus was actually white, and Catholics are bad. Mm. Yeah, fuck this movie. Uh, um, Rick uh, totally completed his thoughts right then. Uh, Rick, do you have any more to say in the movie? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, the the uh, it is it completely fails the theological argument. I'm really hoping that one of these movies that we watch. Um, actually gives me... Won't star Kirk Cameron? Won't star Kirk Cameron. <laughs> hey, baby, we're in the camp, fam. Uh, there's no way we're getting out of this one. Stop um, saying camp, fam. The next one cannot... Next movie cannot be a fucking Kirk Cameron movie. You picked uh, this. Don't take I that did. Yeah. with us. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I did, because did. it was the most baffling... It was the most baffling thing that we could have watched for a Christmas season movie. Yet... Oh. Uh, 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 it has Kirk Cameron in it, so it's, it, it's saying to me, uh, "We're never doing this again." Um, so, hey, Liz, he di- he didn't pick this, uh, and if he did pick this, he had his reasons, <laughs> and it's okay because all movies Peter likes, and so that encompasses everything. And don't worry. About it. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, I want to I want to really point out that, like, as a movie, this is a completely hollow exercise, both theologically and as a film. It it doesn't have anything truly unique to say and what it does have to say is some white privileged bullshit uh it does not recognize it's a it's one of the rare christmas movies that doesn't recognize that some people have it bad around christmas time like even uh, what about uncle, the uncle frank <laughs> uncle, don't forget uncle, uncle frank <laughs> uncle frank they go up they like okay so uh, this is another point uncle frank <laughs> uncle bill whatever in, in any other movie at the end of the movie they would have like Kirk would have been like hey do you want to come work for me like I'll, I'll you know no, I don't have this not, much not to give. this movie like at the end of the movie you'd be like do you want a job do you want you know I got I got I can get you an interview in a couple weeks like something <laughs> like that instead it's like like that could be his Christmas gift to him is like right. I, you know like I can help you know get your life back on track in some way not necessarily a job but in some way this movie does not recognize that some people have the holidays hard for serious reasons. Uh, maybe they fucking hate their family. Maybe they're in financial troubles. Maybe they're, yeah, like out of work. Maybe they're just depressed. Maybe they don't mm. like being around their fucking family. Um, Especially if their family involves Kirk Cameron. Oh my God. When he's like, come on, everybody, let's yeah. get hot chocolate by the, the big fucking tankard of hot chocolate. I was like, if this, where's your wife? I would never, <laughs> I, I was like, where's your wife? Absolutely. Absolutely. What I was shouting. I, I no, I would, I would never ever. If, I, if Kirk Cameron was in my family, I would never go to Christmas. This sounds miserable. But uh, my point is that this is a bunch of white ass nonsense because it is the definition of privileged white nonsense. He he calls any argument against him uh, wet blankets, um, yeah. and then he he's at the end of the intro. He's he waves his hand at any theological argument. Uh, you know, saying, you know. Uh, this these arguments 
you know, these are arguments people are making, but bickering isn't good for kids. So let's, you know, let's dive in a little bit. And then he refuses to dive in at any point in the movie. <laughs> so it, it's just also the guy that was so concerned about Jesus and how uh, Jesus was so important compared to all these other things. His first plan is to commit a mortal sin by <laughs> know, right. lying to his wife. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's it's a uh, it's a movie that's entirely propagated on uh, hypocrisy and lies. Yes, but also it is a movie that doesn't even like set small goalposts for it to attain and there's nothing entertaining in it. The dance sequence isn't even like ironically funny. I know, I, uh, right? I always oh watched God. fucking Christmas with the Cranks because it was the only Christmas movie on Hulu, and, and yeah. I couldn't. And it was like a bad. And also, movie, you're, but at you're least, fucking insane. Yeah. I know, I know, it's a terrible movie, but at least like there were scenes in my heart where I was like, oh, you know, that gives me a little bit of that Christmas tinge. You know, when you're watching a bad right. rom com, but it still kind of works. Why this is everyone? Did... Why is everyone like so doughy? I just don't understand. Like the main guy. <laughs> The fucking hip hop guy. Like, I'm sorry if that's offensive to people, but like straight up, everyone is like a little bit. Everyone's like fucking 15 pounds heavier than they ought to be and looks like they just they're like covered in crumbs uh, all the it's time. Because, it's because uh, God are you sure I don't have my Skype camera on? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not eaten in days. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's that's my final thought is that this is a uh, a movie that inherently runs away from any argument because it's a theologically cowardly movie and the movie can never recover from that because it's nothing but theological argument. Yeah, I, I mean, if if I can if I can give my final wrap up, I, I would <laughs> you say, please, please wrap this up. I would yeah. I would say um I would as an adaptation of that Twilight Zone episode where the boy has magic powers and everyone has to be nice to him. That's what it kind of felt like in long sweats. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's very convincing. <laughs> You'll send me to the cornfield. Um, <laughs> as an adaptation of that particular episode, it's a it's a seven out of ten. Um, yeah. As a Dogma ninety five movie, it might be like a seven out of ten. I mean, nothing like it's I, pretty cool. I, mean, yeah. I think it might yeah. fit most of the requirements um they they keep that yeah Mark the herald angels is diegetic yeah, exactly it's all di- <laughs> yeah um it if, does if, have a lot of shitty artificial lighting though yeah. so that's going to cost it some points well that might just be what kirk cameron's house look like um and uh, <laughs> yeah. i mean if, right if now. julian donkey boy can count as a dogma movie then this can um but as, yeah. as an actual as an actual movie it's 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 not it's not one, um, and uh, as an expression of faith, it's it's deeply deplorable. So, so yeah, I yeah, this is a bad movie. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We don't know what we're gonna be uh, doing next time. We like this to be a surprise. Like you're just sitting in your car, and we're like a cannon <laughs> that just bursts in, starts talking about Christian movies for a while. Oh my so, god! Oh, um, you should have yeah. brought that up before the show. But yeah, we are. We are. So yeah, we're definitely planning on doing uh, starting biweekly episodes in January. Is is the goal? Uh, so. Uh, 
keep an ear out. Uh, watch out if you're in a car alone because we might show up with you. And it will <laughs> either be a, it'll either be a saving Christmas situation or a the hitcher situation, and you won't know which one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're gonna try and be on a more regular schedule um, because these are really fun, and we're gonna try and keep them shorter than WLTW episodes and. Um, we're just gonna have a great time with them. Um, thank you guys so much for for uh, coming and get, getting an episode in before Christmas. This has been really, really fun. Yeah, well, uh, totally. yeah, fuck you for um, making us watch this, yeah. Peter. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God Good created night. the winter solstice. Okay. I love yeah. you guys. All right. And on that note, God created the winter solstice. Right. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Good night, everybody. God's not dead, he's surely alive. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. God's not dead, he's surely alive. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. He's roaring, he's roaring like a lion. Let hope arise and make the darkness hide.